Alrighty, alrighty. Good morning, everyone. We want to welcome you this morning. I, really, I should say good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. My name is Mfun, and we are recording from Houston, Texas. And I want to welcome you to your favorite diaspora radio show, No Hot Smoke, where we bring you the up, down, and sideways truth about living life outside the motherland while really emphasizing the importance of remaining authentic in that experience. So I'm really excited about today's show. But before I dive into that, I just want to let's just handle a few acknowledgments and housekeeping first. So first and foremost, I wanted to thank everybody that tuned into last week's show. You guys call from different countries around the world, and it was a really diverse listening audience. So I really wanted to say thank you for taking the time out of your Saturday to listen to us. Because, I mean, you could have been doing anything, honestly. I mean, if you're like my dad, you probably would have been in the garden, which I might say is really quite, quite enjoyable. So you're doing that again today. So thank you for those of you that are new to the show today. And uh, thank you for those who will be subscribing to our podcast as well, which I'll talk about that later. Later, 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 later. Thank you also to um, those who sent messages on the website. Uh, some of you guys sent us messages on our website and we responded to all those messages. So just go ahead and keep doing that. We appreciate your feedback and we would like to know, know more about what you guys wanna hear about. That way we can make sure that we do our job here to bring you guys that information. I, our advert, if you guys saw it, was really, really nice. Uh, it was made by Debo Folorun Show, which advertise our guest for today, which I will get into. So thank you to Devo. And I really want to say thank you to our behind the scenes tech guy, Marshall Anakla, who is monitoring the live feedback, making sure everything transmits well. He's taking the feedback you guys are giving him and he's incorporating that, giving them to me and saying, do this, don't do that. They can't hear you a little bit louder. So it's really a live organic process going on. So thank you to um, Mr. Marshall. And let me tell you guys a funny story about Mr. Marshall, okay? For those of you that know him, this guy is, it's, he's a social butterfly. I mean, he's a social butterfly of the highest order, if that's even possible. So whenever I go to a Nigerian event, particularly Ibibio or Ibo here in the US, and oddly enough, a few occasions in Nigeria, I'll meet somebody and they'll be like, oh, I know somebody in Arizona. And I'm, in my mind, I'm thinking, I know exactly who you know. But I'm just like, oh, who do you know? They're like, oh, I know a guy named Marshall. And I'm like, hmm, which Marshall is that? Knowing very well that there's only one Marshall they're talking about. I mean, there are more Marshalls than that, but I mean, the, the, the chances that they're talking about another Marshall is usually very slim to none. And so I'm like, which Marshall? And they're like, oh, I don't know his last name, but um, he looks like... You or some will say, I don't know his last name, but, um, you know, he's kind of fair. And obviously he looks like me because he's, <laughs> he's my uncle. <laughs> but, um, yeah, the guy is very, very, very popular. So it's kind of funny that he's behind the scenes today. So thank you to him. Uh, today's show, in case you guys might need to know, is brought to you by said Pan-African Library. And said Pan African Library, it's a nonprofit, US based nonprofit. And what it does is it it's uh it's meant to increase representation and the advancement advancement of people of African descent. So they have a host of events, they have um different 
events going on. They sponsor different events and they also have talks. Yesterday they had a few artists come out from Germany, you know, to talk about art, Pan-African art. And so that's what the library does. It's a really great organization. So thank you to said for this show. Now, now that all that is done, I want to say, let's welcome our, our guest for today, Nia. Woo, hi. <laughs> so this is Nia Amusier, and Nia is the executive director for a nonprofit in Texas, it's called MANA, and I'll let, you, let her tell you about that a little bit later. And she also is the founder of Glow Up Africa, which is her own nonprofit that she runs. Now, that's like the conventional way of introducing somebody. But I wanted to really introduce Nia with some fun facts. And, <laughs> and when I originally said, Nia, I was like, Nia, send me some fun facts. I want to introduce you with some fun facts. And she's like, oh, I'm not really fun. And I'm like, girl, get it together. <laughs> I'm like, are we talking about the same person? Because let me, let me take it. As you guys can hear about Nia, Nia, Nia is obviously very very charming as you'll begin to hear very bold very bright uh but she's also you guys might not know she's also like the the wardrobe police (laughs) so let me we went out to an event one day and i was wearing my casuals because no makeup some flat shoes and a little nigerian outfit and nia looked at me like my mom would look at us when we were doing something egregiously bad and she's just like girl you gotta go change. And I was like, oh, <laughs> but Nia, I don't, she's Girl. like, I know, you made me go back and Girl. you made me go and change. <laughs> Mind you, I'm like, aren't you supposed to be like nicey, nicey, kumbaya, <laughs> nonprofit director making me go back and change? Girl, hold off, okay? <laughs> I know you have a lot to say, but I gotta chime in, okay? Well, please. We were going for a networking event that involves the mayor of Houston. You don't go in looking sloppy. You go on, you go in looking packaged and snatched. Okay? First, first of all, I so. was not sloppy. I was. I don't think the only thing that was <laughs> oh, yeah, wrong. Yeah. I wasn't wearing makeup and I wasn't wearing uncomfortable heels. heels. You wearing heels. And I wasn't wearing heels, okay. but I was very well put together. No, you looked well put together. I had my hair done and all, everything. Your hair is always done. So I, <laughs> but that's how that's Nia. Like if you're not looking snatched, first of all. I didn't think a person could look snatched, but you know, this, this is all new to me. Oh my gosh. So, <laughs> social, social media terms. So, uh, that's one of the fun facts about Nia. The other thing about Nia is she loves Nigerian food. She didn't tell me this is a fun fact, but I'm telling you guys I do, actually. that she loves Nigerian food, which I really like that about her. And one of the fun facts she sent me was she's often mistaken as an extrovert, but she's really an intense introvert. 100%. Which this. This, she claims, you guys. So let's let's take it with a grain of salt, okay? And she's lived in three different countries in one year, which I think is highly fascinating. But anyway, welcome Nia Amusier to the show. We thank you for joining us. Aww. We're really excited for you to unpack these things that are going on. So let's let's just talk about how today's show came about. So. The today's show, you guys are probably thinking, oh, they're unpacking so many things. They're not going to have time to do this in an hour. What Nia is really doing is Nia is setting the stage for um, future guests that will be coming on the show. So she's going to dabble into a bit of these things, kind of set the stage for that. And the reason why I had Nia on the show, obviously, she has a nonprofit background, a bit unconventional for most Nigerians, if you know how Nigerians are. 
um, in terms of what they tend to major in and studying. Not many of them go into the nonprofit sector. Would you mm-hmm. say that's right, Nia? Oh yeah, one hundred percent. I agree. Yeah. So I was like, you know what? I want somebody with this kind of a a nonprofit background to talk about today's show, because in nonprofit, most times, not all the time. You do the work for people who are not necessarily related to you. They might not even look like you. And you might not know anything about them. So who better to come on the show? So there's just been a lot going on in the past few weeks. And Nia is going to help us unpack a few of those things. Try my best. <laughs> you, you'll, you'll try. But I, I know there's one thing in particular that you really want to talk about. Nia, these three things that we're talking about. And that's the, um, that is the slapping senator. Oh, yes, 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 yes. So lay the background for our readers on who this guy is. He, Yeah, no, absolutely, 100%. So basically, I literally did not know of him, which is quite bad. And I think that also speaks to how um, just many people in diaspora just don't have knowledge about what's going on back home in terms of knowing the senators or, you know, the mm-hmm. uh, representatives and just things like that. So... I think me just not knowing of him um, just speaks to the larger problem. But so he's a senator. His name is um, his name is Elisha Abo. Exactly. He's from Adamawa State. Yes. And Adamawa State is a northern state. It's one of the states in northern Nigeria. Northern Nigeria. Northern Niger- Nigeria is split into mostly Muslims in the north, Christians in the south in terms of religion and the, the predominant religion that's observed. Not to say that Christians don't live in the north and Muslims don't live in the south and so on and so forth. That's not what we're saying. No, that's very correct. So apparently he is the youngest senator mm-hmm. um, in Nigeria, which is quite impressive to see that we have young people represented um, in that area. And yes, you wanted to add something? By, by youngest, yeah, let's clarify. He's, he's 41, so... Well, I mean, but it's still, no, no, he's young. I just, oh, just want to get context. Oh, yes, yes, for that's sure. true. Forty-one, yeah. So that you're right. One compared to like the eighty and sixty-year-olds we have, which is not bad. <laughs> Nothing against those people. We love y'all. We you know, we don't all love. Right. We don't all love y'all. Okay, <laughs> Nia's just being nice. Oh, I'm being very, uh, very nice. So. But, Here's what happened, Nia. Yeah. So basically, I mean, before I even go into that, I literally just got all these videos, like mm-hmm. a lot of people sent me videos of what happened. So apparently, the senator is in a sex shop in Abuja, a sex toy, a sex, sex toy, toy shop, shop. Uh, in Abuja. And so we see him talking to, I want to say, um, the cashier, mm-hmm. right, at the counter, and he's like being really loud and confrontational. And so um, the lady, there's a lady who's who's apparently a nursing mother. She's next to, okay, there's a lady, she's a nursing mother. She's next to the cashier, for lack of better words. And she's saying, ah, oh, God, you know, calm down or oh, hold on. What did she, I can't remember the actual words she said. Mm-hmm. This senator unleashes his fire on this lady and starts slapping her and bidding her and just saying, are you okay? Why would you disrespect me? Like slapping this lady. And so, um, I think he was also with some police officers and he was saying, arrest her, arrest her. And they were trying to take this lady out. So <laughs> this video just went viral and people were just so furious and angry as to why a man is beating a woman for just saying, uh, was it Oga, hold on, Oga, stop now, you know? Yeah. It just made absolutely no sense. So that's pretty much the, the behind um, background story so the then there's there's different things that you guys will hear so cash was at the sex shop uh and there's different stories right sex toy shop, the sex yeah. toy shop and this event actually took place before he became a senator so the 
for one reason or the other, right? Facts not confirmed. Um, when the lady told the senator, hey, word is, is that there was a patron at the toy shop who was asking the senator something. Hey, there's this video that's out. Are you in the video or something like that? That's one story. There's so many different stories. So many different stories. And the guy's like, no, that's not me. And he gets upset. The cashier's like, hey, man. Hey, Oga, right? She tells the senator to calm down and take it easy on the patron whom, you know, he, the senator is just unleashing on. And the senator turns and he starts, when Nia said beating and unleashing, I mean, I counted about five slaps. And the, the seeing the video made my stomach turn. Mm. And I was like, oh my gosh. There was a cashier, two cashiers behind the counter, police officer, three women that came in with the senator that obviously are not his wives, and the senator himself. And nobody really stepped in and did anything. The police officer was the one trying to pull the cash out from behind the counter, telling her to come on, let's go, so on and so forth. And I would have thought, hey, there's a police officer there. This thing's not going to happen. But he just kept hammering on her. I mean, like crazy. So I was like, okay, why? This happened in Nigeria. Maybe before the guy became senator. Why is, like, why do we even care about things like this? Like, how has... We in diaspora have our own issues and our own lives to live mm-hmm. and deal with. So most times we'll look at this and be like, yeah, that's really sad that it's happening, you know, boo-hoo. But I mean, it, what, is, what reason is there for us to pay attention to this kind of thing and even do anything about it? I think the fact that we are in diaspora does not, you know, remove us from what's happening back home. For sure. You know, we are, no matter what, we are of African descent. For sure. We were, most of us were born in, you know, in Africa. And so African problems should be our problem. We need to be involved with processing, processes in what's happening. So when we hear uh, or see things like this, we should not keep quiet because whatever the senator is doing, whatever is happening, it also indirectly affects us. That is home. That's where we're from. That's where we're connected to. Mm-hmm. So I I mean, you see Americans in different parts of the world and whatever happens in America, they talk about. I lived in London for almost two years. Yeah. And I remember that was during uh, Donald Trump's election. Yeah. Everyone from America were just talking about it. Heck, British people were also talking about what's happening. Yeah. So we should never take ourselves from African problems because we are the ones that can change it. Whatever we see happening, we need to have a united you know, a united, mm-hmm. um, united front. A united front with people back home and people here, and figure out ways to change it. We've taken a backseat for so long. Mm-hmm. We cannot come to the Western world and claim their land, and claim their property, and claim their issues. We should mm. always have in our mind that what happens back home relates to us, and that's mm. us. Mm. You have your home, your personal home. You have your family. For sure. Right? And whatever happens to your family, you take that upon yourself. You try to fix it. You try to work on it. For sure. We need to have more patriot, more people who are so focused on nationalism, who take pride in African-centered problems and really figure out ways to handle it. We should never, never, never sit back and take a back seat. So this issue so important we should be talking about it we should be hashtagging it on social media we should be going crazy talking about it more and can i just add that we've been doing a really really good job yeah i mean social media has been so explosive so typically in africa we always say that um Social media doesn't count. Writing petitions don't count. Our government officials are not going to you know, pay attention to it or key into it. But to see how things have changed with the slapping senator, 
petitions were going out, people were talking about it on social media, and guess what? He was arrested and billed with like five million naira, right? Mm-hmm. And then he faced uh, what's it called a uh, hearing in front of the senatorial, the Senate committee, the Senate mm-hmm. com- uh, committee. So I mean, it's been really good. We're so good. Let's keep doing it. Let's keep the fire. Our voice, online or in person, can be heard. Now but shut up. <laughs> but, but but no no no, no. You, you can't shut up. I can't no. shut up because that's why you're here. Right right. But let, let's be honest though, Nia. I mean. Yeah, we said some words and, you know, we did some hashtags on social media. And maybe why this resonated with a lot of people, this particular issue that happened, and it wasn't just Nigerians, was because the, the lady, first of all, the video is disgusting. This, this guy's just slapping it's, it's, this woman. It's really heartbreaking. But then people found out she's a nursing mother. I know. And so I think a lot of people, mother. not before she found out, before people found out she was a nursing mother, people were like, what? Is this is this guy sane? I mean, he's just openly slapping this woman. I think most sane people would, when they see something like that happening, they would they have maybe a natural visceral reaction that's mm-hmm. like this is wrong. So I just the human aspects of it, right? I mean, she's a nursing mom, and so you know, with that whole impetus, uh, not, I'm sorry, not impetus, but with that whole. Her being a mom, her being a woman, she's helpless, and then on top of that, the nerve. He's in a sex. He's in a sex toy shop. Who like, are you? What is going on? So <laughs> people really galvanize. But do you think that, I mean, I want you to give an example of how we in here in diaspora through pressure, right? Because let's be honest, if we're not aware of an issue, we can't put, we can't bring pressure on it. Yeah, yeah. we can't put pressure on it. We can't bring light to the issue. So it kind of segues nicely into um, the pastor mm-hmm. that we're going to talk about. Yeah. But with if this video had, mind you, this happened before this guy was a senator, but this thing only became an issue after it came out. People became aware. People were very upset. All I mean, I don't, I have not met a single person that has said, yeah, that's okay. I've done my own informal poll and I've spoken to, everybody that I've spoken to about this issue has been a guy. I said, let me, let me, let me talk to my guy friends. Mm-hmm. Some of them Muslim, some of them Christian, some married, some single. And the, the one thing that they all said was that there's no way this guy is not beating his wife or wives at home because mm. you don't feel so comfortable to do something like that in, in public, the open, in the open. If you've not been practicing it privately. Yeah. So <laughs> that, that's, those are things that as a country, right, Nigeria will eventually hopefully address those issues. But that's what the guy said. The guys that I spoke to were very disgusted. They're like, he doesn't deserve to be a senator. Mm-hmm. And their response was so upset. Their reaction, I mean, there was a visceral reaction from the guys. And I purposefully did not talk to any women. Because I wanted a guy's perspective. perspective. And the guys were like, look, first of all, he's in an adult toy shop. So who, what right does he have to be passing judgment on anybody to be able to say, oh, I, have, I feel bold enough to slap you? Not that there's anything mm-hmm. wrong with an adult sex toy shop. That's not what we're saying. But, um, I mean, you're in a, maybe a taboo you know, shop. So who are you to be doing taboo things? i.e. slapping this woman like that. And so the guys were very, very disgusted. And the guys that didn't know that she was a nursing mother, um, that, that was even, that threw them even, they were just even oh, more upset. Right. They were like, how, how could this guy? Some, one of my guy friends mentioned, look, the Nigerian, Nigerian police was there. He didn't do anything. He's like, these are issues that we need to address as a country. And so 
obviously that, that these are issues for another day we'll have people come in and unpack these issues in later mm-hmm, shows mm-hmm. but i mean through the online and the news mm-hmm, pressure was put on the guy he got a senate committee hearing mm-hmm. the senate was like no. bad, bad boy Right, he was arrested. He was arrested. So action results happened, right? Results happened. I think that's key. But I do want to kind of go back to what you said about, um, you know, what's happening right now in this current climate. I think that the reason why this is so hurting, Mm -hmm. for lack of better words, or why this is just so crazy and sad for a lot of people is because we've had... A long history in Africa. I can speak specifically for Nigeria, but we've had a long history of um, violence against women, mm-hmm. especially the ones that are not accounted for. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. even domestic violence where husbands feel like their wives are properties. Yeah, we, we you know, yeah we have to apologize real quick. Uh, we're we're trying to adjust Nia's uh, Nia's volume because a lot of <laughs> you guys have given us feedback and said. We can't hear her. She sounds oh, far away. Oh, really? Yeah. So oh Nia's going to hold the mic now. I'm going to hold it so close. And she's going <laughs> to speak into the mic. That way you guys can hear. You know what I mean? You know, sometimes these oh. things happen. We have two different mics. And so I think I might just have to get her my mic because I think my mic picks up better sound than this overblown expensive mic that I got. So would you prefer I just hold it or just speak into your mic? You know what? Let Just hold it hold for it. now. Hold it. Okay. Let's see if it's okay. Yeah. So like I was saying, I think this is just... Uh, really annoying and it feels like our cup is full because we have a long history of domestic violence and i can speak like i said specifically for nigeria and so just seeing this come out uh, on social media i Mm -hmm. think people were just like enough is enough like this is happening in silent behind the scenes every Mm -hmm. day Mm -hmm. so we really need to speak up and we need to stop this and you know that's why i love america so much because americans speak out and speak up you Mm -hmm. know like regardless of what's happening and then you also talked about how this guy this happened before he became a senator Mm -hmm. it does not matter Mm -hmm. right even if it happened you know when he was i'm sorry 20 years old it still doesn't matter you are in a public position now you should have planned your life from the beginning right and say i will live a clean life because i want to be a perfect representation Mm -hmm. of my people in america people who you know like donald trump before he got elected, he was people spoke about the things he did in the For past. For sure, 100%. You know, even till now, they speak about what he did in the past. Like Hillary Clinton, what she did in the past with the emails almost cost her her election. The election yeah. Right? It cost her the position. And so, I mean, there's just so many people. When you think about the Me Too movement and the mm-hmm. Time's Up movement that is going on, mm-hmm. you see people who are in huge executive roles mm-hmm. or in the media. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what they did in the past, even be- before they became executive mm-hmm. you know it's still coming against them now so it doesn't matter mm-hmm. if this happened before i became a senator you guys the should see mia she's like moving her hands I'm like so angry. And- <laughs> you don't even know i am so angry the fact that it happened regardless of when he should still be held accountable for sure for sure yeah so tell us how us and diaspora getting involved and speaking up can bring about change in terms of, I mean, we already talked about the senator, but be, be, even before that, recently mm-hmm. before that, you had the uh, the, the, the pastor, mm-hmm. right? The Koza pastor. And I want you to, like, what happened with that? Okay, so before I talk about the Koza pastor, I want to say that my biggest, um, forgive me if I say this, but my biggest irritation with uh, people in diaspora is 
we're just not involved. Mm-hmm. We're not as involved as we should be. Why do you think that is? You think it's a sense of, oh, it's not, it's not really happening to me. You know, I'm kind of removed you know, from it. I think it is. And also like the title of today's, um, today's yeah. show. What is it again? It's, it's like, not happening it's to not me. Happening to me so why I should I care? Why should I care? Yeah. And I think that when we cross that Atlantic Ocean over to this side, mm-hmm. we somehow just don't even care about what's happening back like we close the door to what's happening back home and we're like let's just move forward and what i realized and i can speak for nigerians specifically is nigerians are so individual centered like mm-hmm. what can i do to make money for myself what can i do to sustain myself what can i do to live a happy life and sustain my family mm-hmm. no one is thinking about the bigger picture of my people back home my my country back home my you know what i mean how can we change things how can we affect change no one is really thinking about that and i think that's a problem I don't know why 100% why we come here we forget you know well I mean every, everything <laughs> is and, and and when she says nobody she doesn't mean that nobody at all of course I mean it's a generalization course, yes. and I think it's she's just saying maybe the majority of people there's no we don't have this very involved community that is just when something happens we galvanize together and no whether it's happening to the north and you're living in the south or whether it's happening to the east and you're living in the west mm-hmm. you galvanize as a country and you're like okay we got to do something about this because that is not how you move your country forward by continuing to do the things that weren't working in the first place exactly. right so i think that, that that's what that's what nia's getting oh, yeah, at yeah for sure and i think that we also forget that as people we have power i think about what happened in korea in 2016 mm-hmm. korea for the first time had a silent protest and overthrew their government mm-hmm. right they came together as one nation united in 2008 what happened we came together as americans and elected barack obama mm-hmm. right youths came together so we always forget that when we unite and come together as Mm. one force Mm -hmm. we can truly do positive things and so yeah we're not there Mm -hmm. but we can utilize social media now to effect change to you know to move things for sure move things in in a a very uh huge way for sure Ah, you see guys Nia is over here, and you guys can't see, but she has the what, what is it called? Oh my god! This, this auburn black thing going on. What do you call this? Ombre look. Ombre. I have an ombre girl. Somebody's somebody's <laughs> so out of touch with fashion here. It's clearly not Nia. You're she has right. this ombre look going on, and so she's talking, and the ombre is like flipping and hitting her in the oh face. Oh my god! And then she's moving it back. <laughs> You're exaggerating. I'm not. I don't exaggerate. <laughs> Very passionate, which I appreciate. Thank mm-hmm. you, Nia, for being on our show today. No, but did I really uh, answer all the questions you asked? I'm just thinking. Okay, so the other thing you said was about the Koza pastor. Yes. Yeah. So what happened with that? I want you to tell everybody what happened, and then mm-hmm. I want you to tie that into, okay, this is what happened, and this is how change came about. Mm, okay, yeah, for sure. So basically, um, and I really don't have a lot of details on this, to be honest. I am huge on Instagram, so yeah. I see a lot of stuff pop up. And after seeing things on Instagram, of course, I did my own um, personal research. So basically, I don't know if you guys are familiar with a popular Nigerian gospel singer called Timmy Dakolo. So Timmy Dakolo started like a few months ago just posting on his Instagram about how, you know, there's so many pastors who assault women sexually and who rape women um, and women from their congregation. Mm -hmm. And so he spoke so heavily about it, like literally for days, he was just posting and posting how enough is enough. These are people who claim that they are men of God. And everyone was like, what's going on with Timmy? Like, why is he talking about this? And Mm -hmm. people started attacking him. Like, who are you attacking Timmy? Like, why are you, you're a gospel 
Yeah, what's, singer, your, what's your problem, guy? What's your problem? You're a strong Christian. You go to a well-known church. You know, your family is involved with the Koza, which is a huge uh, church in, in Nigeria. So people were just like, what's going on, Timmy? And so, okay, he kind of kept quiet for like a little bit. And then a few weeks after he went crazy on Instagram, a viral video of his wife, you know, giving a tell-all just went viral. His wife is uh, Busola Dakolo, and she was being interviewed, and she was talking about her um, experience being raped by Koza pastor Biodu Fatoyimbo. Wow. Literally, this went viral. Everyone on Nigerian Twitter, Nigerian YouTube, Nigerian Instagram were just sharing this. And so she gave like details about her encounter with him and how he raped her when she was 16. Wow. 16. So she was a young member at the church. He was, you know, newly married. He was still growing the church. The church was a little bit different from regular Orthodox, you know, church. Very contemporary, very modern. And so um, she kind of got, I want to say for lack of a better word, evangelized into the church by her family, her sisters. Okay. And she became a strong member. She started, you know, singing in the choir, becoming very active. So she gives us a detailed account of what happened, how he raped her. So the first time he raped her, um, she said her parents were out of uh, town. It was her and her sister. They live in a big house. So her sister was upstairs and she was, you know, downstairs. It was early in the morning i think it was either 6 a.m or 7 a.m if i'm not mistaken mm -hmm. really early in the morning you know someone rings the bell she opens it's pastor biodu fatoyimbo and knowing how nigerian pastors are like if you're a comfortable family they attach to you they come to your house you know what i mean so i guess they had a really good rapport and relationship so he comes to the house literally tells her to like you know lie on the couch and take off her pants mm -hmm. right and these were her stories and forgive me if i'm not giving exactly uh, you know as detailed as she did or if i'm missing some information i'm trying my best to give you guys all of the juicy we really gory just want to give, give you guys a like <laughs> an overview yeah <laughs> Definitely an overview. <laughs> he tells her to take her, you know, underwear, tells her to lie on the couch to be quiet. And bear in mind, her sister is upstairs. And so Busala claims that her house is set up in a way that someone who's upstairs can't really hear what's happening downstairs. And so, you know, he rapes her. She says that he tries to force himself in. I mean, she's 16. She was a, she was a virgin. He tries to force himself in. He couldn't. And then he kept forcing and He was able to penetrate. And of course, she was bleeding everywhere. She was making noises. Guys, I'm giving you like gruesome details. Okay, PG-13. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so when he was done, do you know what this guy did? Hmm. And this is where I think you cannot make this up. You cannot. You guys, sorry, I'm like a passionate speaker. I'm like really loud. The ombre <laughs> hair is still flipping. The ombre hair is flipping. But this is where I was like, you cannot make this up. He then, he had a bottle of Crest. Do you know Crest lemonade drink? It was very popular back in the day in Nigeria. I think uh, Tanzania, uh, Tanzania, sorry, still drinks it. He, he like pours the Crest into her mouth, the drink. Mm -hmm. Like he opens her mouth and just pours it there. And he tells her to drink it. Do you know why he did that? No, I don't. Apart from the fact that he's crazy. He is super, that's what I'm saying. Like you cannot make that detail up. So I do my research and I realize that Crest has high concentration of lemon and lemon flushes out sperm. Wow. Wow. Right? So when you see all this lemon drink, they said they flush out sperm. Who makes that up? I mean, a lot of people can, you know, you know, just accuse someone of doing things, but she was so detailed 
that I don't think he can make it make it up. Then he he rapes her a second time, and I'm not gonna go into details about this. You guys can go on YouTube. It's on YouTube. Search Busola Dakolo's confession on YouTube. It's right there. It's everywhere. He rapes her a second time on her way. Um, when she was leaving his house so she came to visit which i'm like girl after what he did the first time you're going again to visit like what you well, talking about you know that, that that's a whole thing about uh victims and yes uh, that that's that's a whole nother issue that we can't we don't really know what goes on in the mind of rape victims and we can't really say this is what happened you shouldn't do this because, exactly i mean exactly I, you want to be very careful of uh, yeah because we don't we yes. don't we don't know that ideology as somebody who has been raped before when you it, that's just a whole nother thing. So uh, who knows? Who knows why she went back, right? Mm-hmm. But we're not going to sit here and um, of course and try to analyze. That. Correct, correct. But I think it, just thinking about it, though, I think because, like I said, her parents are involved in the church, her sisters are involved. You know, that's like a family thing. For sure, her mom probably sent her on an errand to hey, go pick up stuff, and she, you know, could not say no. I'm not going to Pastor Bio, um Fato Yimbo's house or whatever. Yeah, so you, you, you don't, could, you don't say you that. You never know. Yeah, you don't say that <laughs> to your African parents, or you do not. It's bad. So, um, so apparently, you know, he rapes her a second time. Um, when he was taking her back home um in his car you know which is just so 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 sad in his car for those who didn't hear Nia. yeah so sad so um but what happened after this whole thing came out like what were people's reactions and then what 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 happened tell us people what happened. were furious i mean instagram was crazy twitter was crazy a lot of people started to realize why her husband, Timmy Dacolo, started out, you know, a few months ago, lashing out of pastors. Mm-hmm. And so I want to say the reactions were split. Mm. Um, a lot of people were for her and saying, yes, like, you know, we believe this. Because there's been some allegations of the past against uh, uh, Biodun Fatonibo. Mm-hmm. There's been some in the past, but they all kind of like fell away because he's so powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, but some people were saying, oh, they're just allegations, which mm. it's true, right? Mm-hmm. We don't know. It hasn't been decided by a court of law that it is actually, you know, it really happened. Mm-hmm. So people were like, it's just allegations. Um, and I don't want to just put my personal opinion, but I have to. And you guys Be- Because, know, I mean, you're, you're here. So. I'm here. <laughs> Who else's opinion I'm would here, you put in? So, I mean, you guys are just going to hear from me. You can hold it against me in the future. I don't care. I'm just going to speak. I don't think this is something you can make up. She was very detailed about what happened. You cannot make up crest. You just can't. That's one. Two, Busola is a successful woman. Her husband is a huge gospel singer. What does she have to lose? But even with that, after... And who knows? Probably not... <laughs> I don't know what she has to lose. Right. Nothing. nothing that's what right? I'm nothing. Not right? Just, Let's be honest. Typically, she has people who accuse someone sometimes, not typically, but some in some cases, yeah. right? It's maybe they're trying to bring them down or just make up like stories against. But this lady, what does she have to lose? She's comfortable. Her husband is a gospel singer. They're known. She's successful in her own way. Like, what does she have to lose accusing a pastor? And so, from your, because you you work in nonprofit, as we said earlier. So when that whole thing came out and. You don't know this woman. You don't know this guy. You have no relationship with the pastor. And you saw people's reactions. Like, what did the reactions of people in diaspora and the people that reacted to this issue, what did that bring about? A change. <laughs> yes. A huge, yes. monumental change. 
Um, so at first, uh, Abiodu Fatoyibo posted a statement on Instagram, you know, saying that these are lies and he's shocked by what's happening, you know. And the funny thing is, he muted his comment section, so there was no one, mm-hmm. no one could post any comment because he he knew he, knew, he yeah. knew, right, what would happen. But then he posted another statement a few, I want to say days or maybe a week later, mm-hmm. saying that, you know, it's been overwhelming. He's consulted with um, some, you know, people who he looks up to, people in a higher positions, and they've advised him to um, step down as the head pastor of Koza. Ooh. Um, so he stepped down. And of course, we're still hearing that his wife is going crazy on social media. She's saying anyone who doesn't support my husband is my enemy. You know, we, you know, we need to stand by our daddy. And of course, members, you know, members of the church are still kind of supportive. Some members are supportive. But what also happened, aside from the change of him, like stepping down, it made a lot of people come forward with their stories. Ah. Yeah. So a lot of people came forward with their stories of uh, what he did to them. I mean, so many out there. You guys should really go in and and uh, just look into it. You see a lot of girls just talking about their experiences with him and uh, what he did to them. And I was so impressed by how Nigerians handled it, especially Nigerian celebrities. I mean, they had a protest. Um, they just had a lot of, you know, things happening that um, I was really impressed by. Oh. Typically, people are just like, okay, it happened, silent, whatever. A couple of people talk about it, but they didn't just talk, they took action, right? They went out there, they protested, they spoke out against it, they went, they had interviews. There was even, um, a popular celebrity who's from um, Big Brother Nigeria, I can't remember her name. I mean, she had a BBC special where she spoke out about how she was raped as well. I mean, then people started coming forward about their stories and why, you know, they kept quiet all this while. I think Bisola is very inspiring. Her story has inspired a lot of people. And people tend to question, why did you wait like 20 years to talk about this? I mean, you can't, like you said, you know, as a person who's been raped, you don't know what they're going through emotionally or mentally. Um, so you can't judge, but mm-hmm. I just want to go back to, you know, your question and say, and answer and say that the reactions were split, mm. but you know, I want to say, would I even say split? No, I want to say the reactions were like 60, 40, 60 people like saying, yes, he did it. Let's take him down. 40% were just like, okay, well, this is just allegations. And so the majority carried <laughs> the vote in this sense and he stepped down and, um, it's been very very uh interesting oh good 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 i while we're here um while we're we're some of you guys cannot hear us some of you guys can hear us um we're not really exactly sure why that is but mr social butterfly marshall is trying to fix the issue so we're gonna we're gonna move on but Please go ahead and send us feedback on that. Um, so now, for those of you who can hear us, I when I heard this and I said to myself, and Nia, Nia gave a really good summation of the show. I'm sorry, not of the show. <laughs> <laughs> this is the show of the situation. And so I um, I said to myself, and I often say this, self this would be a good show topic, right? Because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I research topics, I, I get feedback from you guys, what you guys want to hear, so on and so forth. And, um, and then we do the show. So like, this would be a good show topic. And it only was so fitting, and 
not maybe fitting is not the right word, but um, after this whole Koza thing, because the Koza thing happened, then the slapping senator happened, and he's been dubbed the slapping senator. That's that's what social media is calling him. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you Google slapping senator, he will pop up. You'll see Elisha Abo. That, that, that's the person you'll see. And so we're not taking digs at this guy. But be that as it may, after that happened, I... I was researching the show and I was, I'm like, okay, looking up Africa, there's something in particular I was looking for. And this wasn't in my feed, this particular thing that we're going to talk about next wasn't in my feed, but it was only, I only came across it because I was looking for Africa things. And so, um, some of you guys may know, Sudan is going through crisis, right? Uh, and for some of you, I've heard some of you say, Man, Sudan's always going through a crisis. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, <laughs> that is that is just the way that is. I'm not saying it's a good thing. I, I don't like that that's the case, but that is what happened. So, Sudan is going through a crisis. The current president, or he's now ex-president, uh, he was overthrown, military coup, right? Military does what it does. And this happened in April. And in April, the government, the uh, then government came in, the transitionary government came in, and they're like, okay, al-Bashir, bye-bye, see you later, you've got to go. And um, they agreed to a series of, you know, I think it's a two-year transition period, three months of emergency, uh, I'm going to call it an emergency shutdown, but that's when I, that's, that's equivalent to like an emergency shutdown. And so that was back in um in april then uh in june talks just kind of fell apart so in june i was looking for this information i was like oh man the talks fell apart in sudan so all these concessions that the military had agreed to were were poof gone so fast forward to july so fast forward to july it's still things are still going on in some in some parts and sometimes in july um Internet was shut down. People didn't have access to internet. Nothing was getting out. Uh, it was just no bueno. And um, no internet. Uh, so people were protesting. Of course, the military is cracking down. And I'm like, this is really, really sad. Mm-hmm. What is going on? And so I happened to mention it to a friend of mine. I'm like, do you know what's going on in Sudan? And they're like, oh, that's sad. Or... Some of them were like, well, I mean, yeah, it's sad, but it's not really happening to me or anyone I know. And I wasn't surprised that they didn't know. That wasn't what surprised me about the whole conversation because I had this conversation with a few people. But what did surprise me was some one of my friends put it point blank. She's like, look, they said, why, why should I even care? And I'm like, huh, it's a good question. Why should you care? Why should you, somebody who is not African, care about what is happening in an African country? And so that led me, and because when I first heard about it, the first thing that came to my mind was, my goodness, sesame seeds. Sudan produces sesame seeds, because I, I like tahini. So mm. <laughs> they produce sesame seeds. Sesame seeds are produced along the east. I mean, you can get some people, there's a Israeli chef that says the best sesame seeds come from Ethiopia. So Ethiopia, Sudan, they produce the best sesame seeds for uh, tahini, particularly Ethiopia. I'm like, oh my goodness, what's going to happen to their economy? What's going to what's what's going on? And so I was talking to my friend, my friend about this, and I was like, look, 
why should you care? I'm like, why should you not care? Mm. First of all, uh, the world is not getting smaller. I'm sorry, it's not getting bigger. It's getting smaller, meaning that we are more connected to each other than we realize. So for example, let's just talk about flowers, right? Mm -hmm. Flowers, this is a major, it's a $9.4 billion industry, just flowers, flower bouquets. And come to find out that the countries that produce the most flowers, 15 in the world, of those countries, you have Netherlands, Colombia, Ecuador, Kenya, Ethiopia, skip, skip, skip down to number 15, South Africa. And if you knocked South Africa out of the production game and they produce 53 billion, I'm sorry, 53 million dollars worth of flowers, if you knock them out of the game, you would, your amount of your flowers would go up ungodly. You'd pay an ungodly amount for flowers. And so, and then we want to talk about roses, same thing. Ecuador, Colombia, Ethiopia, friends, Ethiopia and Kenya round up the top five. So if something happened there and they weren't able to go and pick those flowers, it's like what happened in Sudan? Sudan had a shutdown and people said, we're not going to work. So you had people not going to work. Now, here's the funny thing about Sudan, which you guys don't know. Sudan produces gold, their exports, right? Major exports are gold, livestock, oil, cotton, and surprisingly, Arabic gum. Now, let me tell you guys what Arabic gum is. Arabic gum is a stabilizer and it's an emulsifier. Emulsifier is really a stabilizer for processed foods. So it uses, it's used as a thickening agent. You have finding it, icing, filling, soft candy, chewing gum, has many other confectionery uses. So interestingly enough, Sudan is the largest producer of Arabic gum. Did you know that, Nia? I did not. I did not know that. I did not know that. And chewing gum is a $19 billion industry. So that's about 16.8 billion euros and 16.4 trillion trillion naira and about 265 billion South African rand. So this is not a tiny industry. It's not. So imagine if you knocked Sudan, if Sudan was, if the people that said we're not going to work and they're like, you know what, bump this. Forget it. It's a huge loss. It's a huge loss. And guess what's going to happen to the price of your gum? It's going to go up. It's going to go up. It's going to skyrocket. The, maybe the, the icing on your cake. <laughs> the packaged foods that we like to eat. Oh See, God. we don't know that our stuff has uh, Arabic gum in it because a lot of us don't meet the back of the ingredients. We're just not informed. We don't understand. Yeah. So we don't That's know. We don't know that, huh? This little thing, this little package of whatever it is that I'm eating or this gum that I'm chewing, um, it is it has an ingredient, necessary ingredient that comes from a country that's going through crisis. So our just because we don't know we're connected doesn't mm -hmm. mean that we're not connected mm -hmm. and us being here in diaspora. So that kind of brings us all back. Right. We're here in diaspora. Us being here in diaspora, just because we don't know what's happening, it don't mean that we're not going to be affected by it. Mm -hmm. So I was like, huh, this is very, very interesting. So Africa, Africans, let's be honest, you guys. Africa is a major, Africa is a continent. Yes, it's a continent, but it's also a major player in the world market right huge huge player, huge player in the world market, market. Mm -hmm. and that means that what we have to do 
is we Africans have to take ourselves more seriously. We have to get plugged in to what's happening because what is happening invariably will affect the global economy. And when that happens, mm-hmm. it affects you who was trying to run away, 100%. as Nia said in the beginning. It affects you and you didn't even know it was going to affect you. You didn't even know that, you know, now you can't buy gum because the gum that would have been $1.49 is now $4 and that doesn't make any sense for the price of gum. So and I mean, that's just one, one, one example. And I feel, can I just add to that? No, Nia, like, you're here to um, add. That's a good angle to look at this from for sure 100%. Mm-hmm. But I also consider that, I also think that this angle might be a little selfish and nothing against it i think that i think that this is important to know because a trade is very important business is important it affects us individually more than we even know for sure so you might just go to the market and it's like oh the prices of gum is like what five dollars for a pack of trident and you're like what what just happened but you don't know why this happened because you're not informed i get it but i like to see things from a very humane perspective i mean regardless of the direct effect it has on you mm-hmm. the regardless of the direct effect it has on the market on trade on business i mean just touching to people's like ethos mm-hmm. you know you should just feel emotional when you hear things like this happening around you right yeah but nia that's that that's a very kumbaya thing to say <laughs> kumbaya, and, like, it, and it would be nice if that's how, how the everybody world, thought everybody about thought, it everybody thinks exactly how the world functions and i get it and i think that's and i like that that's what i'm saying this is a very logical perspective it's very good but I think that we should try not to be too selfish and think from the perspective of how does this affect me, but how does this affect the collective? Mm. You know, mm-hmm. like how is this affecting my brothers? I work in a nonprofit, so I'm all about the kumbaya. For sure, I'm all about the helping people, saving lives. I'm all about that. I'm all about sacrificing because you love people, you want humanity to change. I'm freaking all about changing the world. Okay, yeah. So that is why I come with this mindset of. Trade is important. Like I said, it is important. We need to think. I'm I'm educated. I know these things, right? I just talked mm-hmm. a lot about Korea and America and just, you know, the politics in general. So I know this is important. But I want us to come to that level where mm. we're not just thinking about how this affects us, but how, you know, it affects the collective and how it affects everyone and how we can support each other. Mm. You asked me a lot about the reaction mm-hmm. and how people are reacting to this. And to be honest, I just... I love the power of unity and I keep mm. saying this and forgive me if I keep repeating the same thing over and over again. But I think that as people, as people in diaspora, as Africans, we forget how the this idea of united we stand, divided we mm. fall, you know, how mm-hmm. powerful it is. You know, it's happening in Sudan. I'm supposed to thinking, oh, okay, how is gum gonna affect me? Let me let me help them because gum is gonna go high. Yeah, and and and, and, and this and this is not. <laughs> and I'm not saying against you before. You know, I love it. I no. think this is good. I'm learning. I had no idea when you talked about flowers and and I'm just like, whoa! I need to add this into my into my knowledge bank, right? I yeah. need to add this because I need to know this because you guys know I love politics and I'm gonna go into politics eventually. But mm-hmm. like, I need to add this. But I think we just need to come to that level of, you know, empathy. 
uh, yeah. when we just think about things from people's perspective. Like, what is it that I'm going through? This country is in chaos. And the worst part is there is no way to give funds. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, that's sad. Are mm-hmm. we really thinking about that? Usually when there's a problem, in, for instance, Haiti, when the earthquake happened, there were so many channels to donate to Haiti. For sure. There were so many ways to give to Haiti and to improve the infrastructure that were damaged. For sure. But now, there's no way. For sure. There's no way to donate to Sudan because there's no, there's no, there's, the channels are broken. We need to think more about, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, how do we set up these channels again? How do we help? Now, everyone on Instagram, everyone on Twitter is changing their icon, their uh, display pictures mm-hmm. to blue mm-hmm. to support Sudan. And that's great. But are we really thinking about how we can help this country? You know, I guess mm. we're kind of saying the same thing when we think about it. Because, you know, when you think about the fact that, you know, gum is going to be expensive, then you think about how you can help them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, I mean. saying the same thing. Yeah. Helping them regardless of what. But we need to come away from being selfish and just being more selfless. But how how is that? I mean, because I think the, I think the publicity that we've managed to do on social media has brought a bit of awareness to the issue. Because when I change my icon to blue... I think two weeks later, somebody else changed their icon to blue. Mm-hmm. That was one of that was one of my friends, and I'm like, "Oh, good for you!" And I didn't I didn't tell them to change it or anything like that. And so, and we none of us live in Africa, so I I, I get I see the issue getting a lot more traction. Exactly. And the the, the goal in making people aware and starting and starting with awareness is that without awareness you can never have change you can never have change ever 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 it's just they go side by side yeah you can you can never have change and so uh though we don't know the powers that be and we don't live there Mm -hmm. but we're doing our part to bring just like the people just like diasporans and those on social media in nigeria and all over the world really brought this issue of the Koza pastor to the forefront mm-hmm. and really pushed for, uh, especially something in Nigeria, to be done. for something to be done. Mm-hmm. And, he's, and it was. And it was. Happened. Something did happen. And same thing with um, slapping the slapping senator. senator. Mm-hmm. Something did happen. I didn't, he, didn't, he did not go away unscathed, right? And so I think we have a responsibility, which, Nia is, which is what Nia is saying. Uh, we have a responsibility to get involved mm-hmm. and you don't have to go up there and you know write a big speech and you know rip your clothes off and say i'm for this cause and you must be too but in your own way something simple as changing your icon picture mm-hmm. right would you would you say that that is effective yeah what would, not I, not necessarily effective but that's that's one one way mm-hmm. wait what do you think are what what is an effective way I think with the Sudan crisis right now, it's hard to determine what's yeah. effective. Yeah, even with like the Koza slapping center, like what right. is effective? I mean, effective is speaking out. Yeah, that's effective. Okay, like, letting people know your stance. Mm-hmm. Right, updating, putting a post out on um, Instagram on your wall, and tagging a bunch of influential people. For sure, right? for sure. Putting it on your stories. We put. I post stories of my selfies every you, time. Oh, you sure do, because I see them um, all the time. Right, <laughs> just tagging. people people that is effective because guess what once we keep put, putting this out there influential people will see it and once influential people take on the content that you're posting 100 it's a game changer it is and it, that that's the reality of it you guys that's just the reality of it that's the reality so i mean even the changing your icon that's that's good because, yeah you know the more we do it it's like you go on instagram now and you look at you go to explore and you see a lot of people have changed like you know their icons that tells me 
something is happening. Yeah. That speaks to me. So in that regard, um, in that way, I think we could be effective by just speaking out and just not being quiet. But can I also say that social media can be very... Mm-hmm. Not just toxic, but it could really be a negative environment. Mm-hmm. And we need to be very careful and intentional about what we put out there. So when you speak out, don't speak out in a mm-hmm. very you know be mm-hmm. be aware of other people. Be aware that this is a community, an online space where everyone comes to you know communicate and see things and connect and engage. So just be careful of what you put put your put your your opinions out in a respectful way. Mm-hmm. You know, don't try to dismiss others. I mean, I go on post and i just see people fighting and fighting please just just be <laughs> really be be cordial be you know be respectful that's why i do post but i'm very respectful of what i say and when i comment on people's posts just be aware because again and this is me digressing a little bit you never know tomorrow for sure i've heard of people being fired because of a comment they made right yeah absolutely contracts because of a comment they made absolutely um there was a huge i want to say is here a a huge was it producer in london that said something about like you know um someone looking like a chimpanzee someone in a public you know oh wow right and this was about this was oh yeah oh, that. making 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 marcos baby yeah yeah yeah. yeah and said that, like you know made that yes ape, ape the ape comment. comment it was so yeah he lost everything right? i think it was a radio show host oh yeah he said oh my god yes i got the story wrong but right? i've heard of people losing their jobs so we want to be very careful aware intentional about what we put out there but please that should not scare you from speaking now because your voice matters and what you say matters, it I'm, matters. I'm clapping it's, it's super super effective i'm clapping for nia because i like that and you know what you know what she just did after she said that she pushed the microphone away like i'm done i'm done and i'm drop, and, and she drop. this is my job <laughs> Mic drop. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, so uh we had a little bit of some connection issues, shall we say? And so for those of you who did not hear us, I apologize. And for those of you who were able to hear us, I still apologize. But for those of you who didn't hear us, we will post this. We will play the show again. Um, we'll probably play it again later on during the day. Or we might just play it in a loop for those of you that, that might be going online. But we are going to, uh, this is going to be in, in our podcast anyway. Um, but we'll, we'll be, we will re, rebroadcast at a later date because... We've already gotten some feedback and a lot of people were saying this is such an interesting show and people people couldn't hear it at first and they're like, I got to hear every word. So they switched to their headphones. So we've gotten a lot of good feedback um, about this. So I wanted to uh, thank Nia for coming on, um, coming on the show. Oh my gosh, thank you for having me. How can I not? How can I not? Nia, Nia is... Guys, let me tell you what Nia did oh to me gosh, today. This girl. This one Nia did to me today. Okay, <laughs> she's laughing because she knows exactly what I'm going to say. I'm sorry. Nia was supposed to come on the show, and so I write my script, and I'm like, okay, I wrote the script, and when I write the script, I write points that way I won't forget, you know, things like that. Um, sometimes I write entire paragraphs, which I never wind up reading, uh, but I just, I just look at the points. And then Nia goes, "Oh, last night, like late last night." She's like, "Oh, I can't make it," and I'm like. 
I'm like, bump this, man. I'm sleepy. I can't rewrite my script again. Oh my so gosh. I'm like, okay, I'll write the script in the morning. So I wake up in the morning. I rewrite my script again. You know, only, you know, like I'm going to be the only one on the show. And then Nia, this morning, as I'm about to print up my script, because I like to print up my script two hours before the show. I can go over it, make my tweaks, so on and so forth. Nia's like, oh, girl, I'm going to come. And I'm just like, Ugh. So I'm like, Nia, this is an emotional roller coaster. I, <laughs> I was so happy. Like I was so happy when she was like, I'm going to be able to be on the show. And I was like, oh, good. Finally, <laughs> that would have been the third rewrite. And I was not going <laughs> to. So Nia is super, super, like insanely busy. And she took time out of her day. She did this hour with us, and then she's going to do another 30 minutes with us for uh, a podcast subscribers. So she took this time out of her day to come to uh, talk to us, and I really appreciate it, and I want to say thank you. Oh, no. Thank you for having me. I hope that, you know, I was able to do justice to the topic that we discussed. 100%. I was a little nervous in the beginning, but I feel like I got my bearing, Um, and so I just want to say thank you, and... Let's just shine that positive light everywhere we go. 100%. Let's let's connect back to home and let's just keep on fighting the good fight. I agree. Uh, We are recording from Houston, Texas. Uh, We want to thank, obviously, uh, our our ad person who did our advert for the show, Debo Fullerun Show. We want to thank uh, Mr. Marshall, who was trying to fix the issue behind the scenes. Um, Apparently, it's not fixed. There was a glitch with the... uh, the system that is hosting that it makes it possible for us to transmit this show live so we're going to make some changes in the future that way these things don't happen but thank you to those two people thank you for nia and musier the woman oh. who the woman who likes to make sure that her friends look snatched oh. before, <laughs> before they go out and we will talk to you guys later bye nia you want to say you want to say bye to everybody? Bye everybody. Thank you for having me. I want to come back again. <laughs> Thank you. And guys, that's really how Nia talks with her Valley Girl accent. That is ex- that, that's just Totally. And then I become so African when I'm like talking about African topics. <laughs> <And> <laughs> so, that's it. Thanks guys. Um tune in in 2 weeks. Uh send us your comments and um Bye-bye. Oh,